0: The Olympic Channel podcast is brought to you by Bridgestone, worldwide Olympic and Paralympic partner, a founding partner of the Olympic Channel. Olympic Channel podcast. My name is Ed Knowles and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. At Rio 2016, 400m hurdler Sydney McLaughlin was the youngest member of the US track and field team since 1980. She was just 16 and still in high school when she qualified. After a semi-final placing in Brazil, big things were expected from Sydney. But in 2017, she missed out on qualifying for the World Championships. Now, fast forward two years later. And she was runner-up to Dalila Mohamed, also from the US, at the World Championships in the fastest ever race in the 400-metre hurdles, with Dalila actually setting a new world record. Ahead of the US Olympic trials, Nick McCarvel spoke to Sydney about training with Alison Felix, her 2008 Olympic memories about Sandy Richard Ross, and using her platform to spread a positive message. Olympic Channel Podcast.
1: Well, Sydney McLaughlin, thank you so much for joining us. And it's mid-afternoon for you. I'm I'm curious, I'm guessing that you've already accomplished a lot in your day. What have you been up to already today?
2: Surprisingly, I haven't done much today at all. Um, there's a meet coming up this weekend, so we've kind of been dialing back. So today's kind of been a rest and recover day for me. Um, so I honestly can't say I've done much that was productive so far. <laughs>
1: What's like a not? What's a not productive day? I think it's different maybe for you than other people.
2: <laughs> a non-productive day for me is staying off my feet as much as possible. So cooking breakfast, um, catching up on emails, you know, doing interviews. But anything that doesn't involve walking or running for me uh, is definitely a recovery day.
1: Yeah, that's I, I wish. I wish my recovery days were like that. (laughs) That's good. It's, it's maybe one of the perks that you have of, of being an athlete, but I want to go back first off and you come from this really athletic family. I think your dad was a standout hurdler himself, or at least a track runner, your siblings, obviously you've had your own career, but what was it like growing up in your family? And was that maybe some of where your competitive roots came from?
2: everybody in my family has run track you know my dad ran in college my mom ran in high school Um, my dad actually went to the trials in 84 Um, unfortunately didn't make the team but that's always just been a part of our lives as track and field and growing up you know me and my siblings uh, my parents put us in all different kinds of sports and let us choose what we wanted to do so sports has been a huge part of our upbringing but I think you know, for all of us, track kind of just stood out. And um, it's definitely been a competitive road for sure. Just all of my siblings and us. Um, my older brother had a lot of success early, which made me want to be successful. And I think um, it's just, it's it's really at the core of, of who we are.
1: Uh, I remember I come from a really sporty family too. Or trust me, we're not as accomplished as your family, but we would like watch sports on tv and then go play the same sports in the backyard is that what you guys were doing too
2: (laughs) yeah i mean we watched sports all the time all different types of sports and we were just always active whether it was basketball soccer dance track you know parents always picking us up from one sport bringing us to another so uh, that's definitely how i spent a lot of my childhood
1: what do you remember, if of anything, of watching the Olympics? I mean, do you remember being a kid and watching some of the games? And did you feel like you were seeing yourself in the future or you were just kind of watching it as a fan?
2: I distinctly remember watching in 2008 and seeing Sonia running. And just, I remember turning to my mom and being like, I want to do that. And she was like, okay, great. And, you know, here we are, um hopefully trying to make a second team. And just, I remember those moments, just looking and seeing myself in that same position and wanting to be able to, you know, accomplish the things that some of these amazing women have and just being able to have the opportunity to even, you know, possibly do that. Just, it excites me just to know that that little girl inside of me is getting her opportunity to go to the big stage.
1: I think that's so cool. And like, yeah, so you would have been what, like eight or nine years old? I was about seven or eight, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Sonia Richards Ross and the success that she had. And when did it like start to take more of a like serious bend for you in your career?
2: I think it got a lot more serious when I got to high school in terms of my career. Um, just kind of seeing where I panned up next to, you know, maybe girls who were seniors when I was a freshman and You know, my coach really putting it into perspective for me Um, when we had gone to the trials in 2016, we were really just going for the experience. Uh, I know he talked about it all year and I was like, yeah, there's no way that's going to happen. But just I think after that, we kind of just realized, you know, there really was a future in this and uh, it was coming a lot sooner than we thought. So um, life kind of just changed after that.
1: Did you feel like, you know, being, I think you had some junior national titles and some bit, you know, some really fast times when you were 14 and 15 before you qualified for Rio 2016, did that kind of experience set you up for that unexpected team? Do you feel like it helped you make Rio?
2: I definitely think some of the accomplishments prior to Rio helped set me up for, you know, making the team just in terms of um, times, you know. Some of the times that I had going in definitely prepared me to be amongst these fast women uh, who generally just pushed me, you know, as a whole to be able to even make the team. So I was really proud of just the high school season that we had leading up to uh, the games. It was a long one, and I think it kind of showed once I got to Rio, but I was just really happy to even be able to, uh, to represent my, my country.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm thinking back to what most of us experience at 16 or 17 and, and we're not going to an Olympic Games, that's for sure. So so you, you qualify for Rio, and I know you've talked about this before, but what was the what was that experience like for you, especially I think there was a special spotlight because of your age and because no American track and field athlete had been that young in in some like thirty-five years. So how do you feel like you sort of grasped that experience?
2: I think the experience overall was really just a big lesson. You know, uh, it was really preparing me for what my future career as a professional would be like. I don't think, you know, I was really prepared at 17 years old to be there, but I was just trying to soak up as much of it as I possibly could. Um, I met a lot of great people. I really understood more of what this high level is like and how the races are run, um, the procedures of everything. Because it looks a lot different on TV than in real life, for sure. And um, I'm just really thankful, even though it wasn't the best races that I've ever run, um, just to be able to have the experience. So now going forward, I know what to expect.
1: I was watching this interview you did with uh, Atu Bolton, and it was from a couple years ago, but you were talking about how like you felt like you were almost too focused just on your races, even though that was your job, obviously, was there to run but you wanted to soak in the experience. Do you feel like you've kind of figured out how to do that in in the last few years?
2: Yeah, I think when you're on the highest stage possible, there's so much just expectation around why you're there. Uh, I think I felt a lot of that, especially being so young. But I think over these past few years, just understanding that track is what I do. It's not who I am. And these experiences are one in a lifetime experiences. So, you know, really, you know, soaking up as much of it as I can and the memories and um, understanding that, yeah, the races are important, but so is, you know, everything that comes with that, because this is an amazing opportunity that I have. Um, So I've definitely been working on, you know, that balance and being able to appreciate both.
1: I love that you say that. Uh, it's, it's what you do, it's not who you are. And I think everyone has that struggle with work and, and you know providing for a family or paying your rent or whatever. Why is that important for you to kind of find that difference? And do you feel like it helps you in your career?
2: I think this last year for me has been so crucial just about finding who I am. And uh, a lot of that has to do with my relationship with God. Um, I've found a lot more purpose and a lot more meaning for my life, not only in track, but just in general um, through my faith. And it gives a lot of, you know, reassurance to me to know that my identity is not found in 52 seconds on a track, you know, because at the end of the day, whether I win or I lose, I'm still loved by Jesus. Like I'm still saved and I still have purpose in my life. So I think that's really crucial for anybody in life to know that their identity is not rooted in what they do, um, but it's rooted in something higher. Because then, the expectations and the outcomes, you know, they don't have power over you.
1: Uh, that's really well said, by the way. Um, I, I'm so if we look at your timeline, Sydney, you, you go to Rio, you have that great experience, you finish high school. And then you know it's is she gonna go pro? You end up going to college for a year, and you go to University of Kentucky. What did what did you feel like that experience as a wildcat gave to you? Do you I think you were with a great coaching team, a lot of really accomplished athletes, as well at Kentucky. Do you feel like that was a really pivotal pivotal year for you?
2: I definitely think my one year at Kentucky was very pivotal in my career. Um, just being around the high class athletes that i was and the amazing coaching staff it really gave me an inside look into what it's like to be a professional before i was one um some of the training that we had just some of the expectations that my coach had for our season um it was a first hand look at what i was you know walking into in becoming a pro and i think it was good to get that experience then just so i knew um really what it was i wanted you know in a long-term career and you know i I'm so thankful for everybody who helped me that year, just accomplish everything I wanted to before leaving college, uh, especially knowing I was only going to do one year.
1: Yeah. So we go from the Olympics, you do Kentucky. And then in the midst of that, you, you don't make the world championships in 2017. So it's kind of like these peaks and valleys and you're still a teenager, right? How, how do you start to process those? peaks and valleys and do you feel like those experiences were making you stronger and better as you say as an athlete too
2: yeah i think looking back on you know like you said the peaks and valleys of making 2016 and then you know not making world champs um it's all about really for me perspective and trying to improve upon myself every year so even though i didn't make that team i pr'd by you know maybe four hundredths or four tenths I can't remember what it was of a second, you know, just just the constant progression. And I think um, putting it into perspective of, you know, are the highs the highs that the world wants me to have or are they the highs that I wanted to have for myself? Um, so really just making sure that I'm progressing the way that I want to progress. And if I, there's things I need to fix, then um, just coming along with my team. I have a great group of people around me and, you know, figuring out how we have to fix those things. Um yeah, it makes the highs and the lows a lot more smooth, not so drastic, but pretty steady all the way through.
1: I, I Again, I love that you say that because I think oftentimes, at least on, on my side, on the media side, we can be so focused on medals and qualifications and, you know, first, second, third. But, you know, you point out that you had a PR and, you know, you didn't make the world, but you're kind of focused on that kind of stuff. That's a that's a very, that is the kind of mental approach I'm guessing you have to have in your line of business.
2: Absolutely. I think it's so crucial to have just that mindset of focusing on your lane literally throughout your whole career, because <laughs> at the end of the day, everyone has their 10 hurdles and you can't determine who's getting over them faster than anybody else. Um, so just really focusing on my race and what it is I'm trying to improve upon is all I can do. Um Someone I know said it best: putting your hopes in something that you cannot control or you have no control over is the definition of being out of control. So it's really just about focusing on what you have, you know, the control of.
1: Oh, yeah, that's that's awesome. It's a good like daily reminder, even for those of us who aren't actually going over hurdles for a living. Um, If we can, let's go to Doha, twenty nineteen, and. I mean, it was a a really cool event. I think you're back at Worlds, or you get to go to the World Championships, and you make the final, and you end up running in one of, I think, the fastest 400-meter hurdle finals ever. And what what was kind of your preparation? What was your mental approach into Doha 2019?
2: You know, my approach to going to Doha was really just to go out there and just let loose for one race i think a lot of my races are very calculated um and you know trying to make that team Dolila had broken the world record making the team and just knowing that it was going to have to be a fast race in the final i really just wanted to go into that race knowing that i wasn't going to hold anything back and just give it everything that i had um there were definitely some things looking back that we could have fixed and little mistakes but um coming out with you know being the second fastest woman in history right behind, you know, my fellow teammate, who's the world record holder. I couldn't ask for anything more uh, in my first season as a pro.
1: Yeah. Dalila Muhammad sets the world record and you have the second fastest time in that race. Is that the challenge then Sydney to like, um, kind of what you were just talking about of like seeing the process for yourself and being like, gosh, if Dalila wouldn't have been, but not playing those mind games with yourself because you went out and, and accomplished perhaps what you wanted to?
2: You know, there's always going to be that, well, you didn't win factor. Um, but that's when I think perspective really comes into play. You know, first season as a pro with a new coach at 20 years old, you know, there's so much room for growth. There's so much of a career still ahead. Um You know, the competitor in me, obviously, is beating myself up, like, why didn't I do this or this different? But um, really taking a step back and seeing everything that went right um, definitely just, you know, helped me to be able to put that behind me and move towards the future.
1: Obviously, we've had the pandemic, we've had COVID-19, the Olympics get delayed by a year. How did that Impact you and how do you, how did you go about kind of maybe it's changing your tra- training setup or goals or what sort of calculations did you make with the delay?
2: I think the delay from COVID, um, you know, for a lot of people was actually a really good thing in sport. Um, for me personally, it really helped just to take some time to figure out what it is I wanted to do this year. Um, we were able to make a coaching change. So I'm now with a new coach, Bobby Kersey, and I'm training with Allison. Um, So just being able to, you know, make some of those changes, I think, you know, wouldn't have been able to happen last year. Um, It's a completely new setup. And it's really this year, the whole theme has just been trusting the process for a multitude of reasons. And I think um, being with a coach as skilled as Bobby, who's, I can't even, I don't even know what number Olympics this is he's coaching. He's coached so many. Um, It's just, it's really exciting, you know, to be in a situation where um, you're around people who know what they're doing and there's other people to lean on um, in this process, especially coming out of a year like last year.
1: What has it been like training with Allison Felix? She's obviously such an, an incredible athlete and she's accomplished so much on the track. And I think that she's shown... Everyone, what an incredible person she is too. How, do you feel like you're a sponge around her just trying to soak in as as much as, much as you can?
2: Yeah, uh, training with Allison is awesome. You know, she's such a fierce competitor and it shows every single day in practice. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely always watching to see how she handles certain situations, you know, whether it's, you know, in training or at meets um, and asking her questions if I have any, just to make sure, you know, someone who, uh, has that much knowledge, you know, I just want to make sure if I have anything that I'm unsure about, I know she has the answers to it. And, uh, I'm really grateful that she's willing to help me out.
1: She wrote about you. I'm going to quote her. She wrote about you in time magazine, which was so cool. You're part of this next 100. And she said that Sydney McLaughlin has the potential to become the most outstanding 400 meter hurdler of all time. Yes. But more importantly, she has the potential to impact lives. What What did that mean to you? And I'm guessing, um, gosh, I'm guessing her impact on you has been so powerful too.
2: Um, it was really great just seeing what she said. I really appreciated that. Um, but I appreciate the, you know, um, attention to off the track, you know, because a lot of people can look at the potential and the 400 hurdles and medals and all of those things. But um you know, what I took from that is really just hopefully being able to tell a story through my career to people, whether it's through my platform or just, you know, the way that I carry myself. Um, Allison's done such a great job of that her whole career, just the poise and, you know, always being so um, humble. And I just really want to be able to impact people through the way that I conduct myself um, and hopefully, like she said, be able to impact people um, throughout my career as an athlete.
1: And do you feel like you know i think about allison felix and i think about athletes like serena williams and these these individuals who have been so um transcendent of their sport and then what they're able to do away from like the playing field or the track do you feel like that is something that's helped allison have her staying power
2: um i i think yeah absolutely you know allison's done uh, everything you can do in our sport you know she's the most decorated female track and field Olympian in history, but she's also worked so hard off the track, um, especially, you know, being a mother and, and just fighting for all of those things, especially in our sport and um, just the the moms in track and field and also just the women in track and field and standing up for what she believes in. So I think that really is um, a testament to her character and it shows a lot as so someone who's such a great athlete, but also such a great person. And I think that's really what makes people like her you know and Serena stand out for sure
1: how cool is it to work with Bobby Kersey I mean he's someone that's been around for a long time people will know Jackie Joyner Kersey's name Uh, what you say that it's great to be around people who who know what they're doing day in and day out um I'm guessing he's a really impactful coach
2: yeah training with Bobby's always
1: (laughs) It it also looks like he's a somewhat entertaining individual, I'm I'm gathering.
2: (laughs) Bobby is definitely an entertaining individual. Um, Never a dull moment, but um, Bobby's such a knowledgeable coach. You know, he always has an answer and he's always saying, if we're dumb enough to make a mistake, we're smart enough to make a correction. And I think he's definitely, um, his knowledge shows. You can tell he's very knowledgeable in our sport, um, but he's also just such a great person. You know, and he cares about you off the track first, and um, it's never a dull moment with Bobby for sure. (laughs)
1: Um, I I really appreciate you know your passion and the way that you know you've you've got these huge social media followings and you've you've built this brand and you've had success for yourself. But it also seems like when I look through your social media, you're passionate about your faith. You're passionate about. Uh, anti-bullying, about lifting other females up. Why do, Why do you choose to, why do you want to amplify those sort of topics and use your platform to, to spread those messages?
2: Absolutely. I think, you know, a lot of people have platforms and I think platforms can be used for good things or for bad things. Um, I really do try to use mine to send a positive message and just reach people. You know, I, if I could reach one person who needed to hear something, it is that I said, or is relating in some way that I did, Um, being able to share my story, whether it is, you know, through bullying, whether it is through my faith, whether it is um, through sport. um, There are a lot of people who really just need to see that or hear that from someone who may be in a position that they're trying to get to. I know me growing up, I was definitely looking for someone to look up to in a lot of those spaces. So just being able to provide that for other people, um, I take a lot of responsibility in that.
1: Yeah sweet and then um obviously best of luck uh, at trials hope it all goes well
2: thank you so much olympic, olympic channel, channel podcast
0: huge thanks to sydney and also to nick as well that is it for now though stay safe stronger together and we'll see you very soon think like an olympian, olympian.